so let's go to Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 9 and 10. And then we're going to show you another verse in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. We, we want to show you something because when we say things, we're not just saying it. And I'm not just ministering on something just to minister on it. I'm building, I'm building my case, if I can say it that way. Uh, so you have doubters. You got to understand it. You have doubters. In the, in the church. And so you have to do, you have to make sure that you plead your case. All right, you're in Ephesians chapter 1. And let's just do verse 9 and 10, then we're going to pray. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 and verse number 10. Thank you. Amen. So every time I sit down, I'm looking for a close-up. I always think about it that way. All right, now, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, 9 says, Heaven made known to us, Paul is talking, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purpose in himself. Where's the purpose? He has purpose in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time. Now, we have to know that that's now, right? That in the dispensation of the fullness of time, you are in the dispensation of the fullness of time. All right? So Paul is, is, is speaking to the first century church that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather, this is what his purpose is, he might gather together in one, in one meaning in Christ, right? He's going to, all things in Christ. So he's going to gather all things in Christ. That is his purpose. Let's pray. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you now for your grace, for your mercy, your love. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. Now, we thank you for the wisdom of God, the knowledge, and now thank you now for your understanding in the name of our Lord Jesus. Now, we thank you that all of our needs are met in Christ. And, Lord, show us the difference because being in Christ is also another book that talks about Christ in you. So, help us understand your word. We give you all the praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we say amen. amen. All right, you may be seated. All right. Now, we're talking about, because I only ministered part one last week, God created us in Christ. Now, we're going to show you that was the purpose from the beginning. And we want to look at that because... The first creation was in Adam. Say that with me. The first creation, the first creation was, in was in Adam. So God created all men in Adam. That was the first creation. But we know Adam ate the tree of knowledge of the good and evil. So God had to do a new creation. Just like he created all men in Adam, new creation he created all men in Christ. So now we have to see the difference. Why did God put all men in Christ? It's one of the things we want to see in this teaching. All of this is under eight, eight reasons why God raised Jesus from the dead. We talked about the beginning reasons. We talked about God raised Jesus from the dead. Number one, if anybody know number one. 
The first thing he did raise all men from the dead for what number one purpose? To deliver us from our sins. Thank you very much. Right. So we are showing you everything what he did. How many know number two? I want y'all to really say it so you're teaching me. So, so when you get ready to say it, don't say it, you ain't ready. Number two was what? To prove that Jesus is the son of God. That's what you ought to have in your paper. So first he did it so he, to deliver us from our sins. Second, he did it to prove that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Third, he did it to quicken us, right? So to quicken means to make us alive. Let me ask you a question. When did he make us alive? Eight reasons. That's what you got to hear first. Eight reasons why God raised Jesus from the dead. So when did he quicken us? When he raised Jesus from the dead. So I'm, I'm, everything is coming under when he raised Jesus from the dead. I'm showing you what he did when he raised Jesus from the dead. So when he raised Jesus from the dead, he made us alive. Isn't that right? All right. The third thing, what did he do? Oh, I'm sorry, I just did three. The fourth thing. All right, he redeemed us back to God, right? So that's what, we're showing you Jesus' ministry. Now, when you read Paul's ministry, all the things I'm getting, giving you now is a totality of what Christ did. So when you study Paul's ministry, you have to know these are the things you're going to want to cross. He redeemed us back to God. How many know how he redeemed us? That's the other part you got to know. If he redeemed you, he paid for you, bought you, what did he use to buy you with? That's what I'm trying to get you to see. He, that's why you had to have his blood. Because God used his blood. And I'm going to show you when I get to that. Uh, when I go to Leviticus, I'll show it to you. Okay? Maybe I'll do it today under this teaching. All right? The, f the first, the next thing I said was what? I'm on now, right? The creation in Christ Jesus. That's why I got to finish this. Because I want to get to the next part, the next service. All right? All right. So, and it's so good, I wish I could just do it here and skip this. But I can't skip nothing. Because I want you to know. Amen? I don't want you to be like, I heard that already, Pastor. Yeah, but do you know? That's what it's all about. Can you teach it? If you can't teach it, let me teach it. Ain't that right? All right. So God created us in Christ. Now, I showed you... Uh, he created in Christ when he raised Jesus from the dead. Say, he created us in Christ when he raised Jesus from the dead. All right, now let's, we write there in Ephesians chapter number one. Let's go back, back and look at uh, 19 through 21. Ephesians 1, 19 through 21. Because I want to show you something in here that's going to be in my message today. Ephesians chapter one, verse 19. This is what the, the prayer was about. What if the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now we know this power here is the Holy Spirit. Which he wrought in Christ. The word wrought mean done. What, what, he did, what, did, what did he do in Christ? The word wrought mean created. When he raised him from the dead. What did he do? He set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. 
Now, if he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, guess what he did to you? Let me say it like this. My identity, say it with me, my identity is in Christ. Right. So if my identity is in Christ, whenever I'm preaching Christ, who do I suppose to really see? Yeah. And who is the body of Christ? All right, let me say it again. When I preach Christ, who do I really supposed to see? You. In the Old Testament, they looked in the mirror. And they forgot what manner of person they were. Anybody remember that? That's in James. You might not know that, okay? They looked in the mirror and they forgot what manner of person they were. Why did they look in the mirror? What was the mirror? Let me ask you that first. Hold the Bible in your face. Look at that. This is the mirror. Come on, you, 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 you don't know. I'm trying to teach you. Get it while you get it. Look at your Bible and say, this is the mirror. Now, every day you're in the Word. What are you really in? You're in what? The mirror. So what do you supposed to see in the mirror? Ah, that may be the problem. Do y'all know what you see when you look in the mirror? Well, let me ask you a question. Who do you see? Some of y'all still going to ask, what do I see when I look? If I put a mirror in your face, you can't see nobody but you. That's not hard now. Come on, that's not a hard question. <laughs> Praise God. So when the Bible says, he that looketh into the perfect law of liberty. See, this is the perfect law of liberty. So if I look into the word, who do I suppose to be seeing? Me. So why do I need to preach Christ? So I can see. So my identity is in Christ. So if I learn about him, I see me. See, you're trying to look for somebody else in the Bible. You're not in the Bible. You're supposed to be trying to see who you are. Who am I in Christ? All right, watch this. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, I gave you two verses. What did I give you? 19 through 21. Thank you so very much. Now we're at verse number 21. First he said, he set him at his own right hand. Do you see that in verse 20? Let me, let me go to the camera. We're going to go to the camera right here. Talk to the camera. At the camera, I'm talking to 2.8 billion people. Did you know that? All right. Which he wrought in Christ, verse 20, when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, watch you see your own identity. I'm going to come right back here. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. He set Christ at his own right hand. Somebody say that with me. I know the camera can't see it out there, but maybe you can see it for me. All right. He set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Say he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now, let's look at verse 6. Chapter 2, verse 6. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Watch what he said about you. When you get there, say amen. It's on the screen. Read. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heaven and place in Christ either. Can't you see your identity? I showed you where Christ was. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 1. And let's look at what verse? Verse number 20. You will go to heaven if you're writing your Bible. You, you still going. Verse number 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. How many can see that? Just give me a wave, at least something. You, you can move. You can really move. Now, if he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, then in verse 6, chapter 2, he has raised us up together. Put it back up there again, Colossians 2, 6. I mean, say Ephesians 2, 6. He has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Can't you see he's my identity? If he's sitting at heavenly places, then what about me? I'm sitting at heavenly places too, because I'm in Christ. Okay. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter number one again. And we want to look at verse number 21. Are you there? Verse number 21 says, far above. Now you are what? Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Now, why did he say not only in this world? Because he's in the first century church. Say so he is in the first century church. Now, anybody know a century is a hundred years, right? Look at somebody and say, a century is a hundred years. Y'all be like, mm. and I said the same thing. Just A century is a hundred years, isn't it? Well, he was in the first century church. Or the first hundred years of the church. Which, which had Peter, James, and John. Jesus Christ died A.D. 30. Can't you see they was in the first, the church, Christ came back for the church, A.D. 70. Jerusalem was destroyed, A.D. 70. That's the first century church. That's why all that stuff they're talking about happened in the first century church. So God set us far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, see he's talking about his dispensation, not only in my dispensation, but also in the dispensation which is to come. What dispensation was there to come to, to Paul? Grace. Grace. You are in the dispensation of grace. All right. Now, in verse number 21, 22 now, and has put all things under his feet, and gave Christ to be the head over all things, but he gave all things to what? To the church. Why did he give everything to the church? The next verse is going to tell us. Which is his body. Here it is. His body is the fullness. Say his body. Is the fullness of him that filleth all in all. How many can see that? His body is the fullness. All right. If his body is the fullness, then I ought to be able to see something. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. His body is the fullness. 
So I ought to be able to find out what his purpose is. Now, if I go to Ephesians 3, I'm going to do this quickly, we're going to move on. Ephesians chapter 3, and let's go to verse 7. Ephesians 3, 7. His fullness. Wherefore, I was made a minister, Paul says, according to the gift of the grace of God, given to me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am least and the less, less than least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which was from the beginning of the world, we're talking about the beginning of the world was Adam, has been hid in God, here it is, who created all things by Jesus Christ. He's talking about the fullness, the church. All right. To the intent that now under principalities and power in heavenly places, now where you sit? In heavenly places. He might be known by the church, because the church sits in heavenly places, the manifold wisdom of God. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. What did he purpose? He purposed that all things would be in Christ. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this same thing when I get to Colossians. Let's go to Colossians. You say something, honey? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that. Let's go to Colossians. That's not what I'm dealing with right now. Let's go to Colossians. Now, in, when we deal with the word Colossians, and we're going to talk about the Colossians day, go to Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 12 through 19. Colossians 1, 12 through 19. And when I get down to verse 19, I'm going to show you the exact same thing. I'm going to show you three different places. And when I get through, I'm going to show you who in you and who you in. Because a lot of people think we're going, we going where the Lord is. We still are going. Now, if you're going, that means you need to be at the altar after the service is over because you need to make sure Christ is in you. If you're still going. Either you're there, either he's there, or you need to get there. All right, so don't, don't get religious. All right, Ephesians chapter, I'm sorry, Colossians 1 and verse number 12. Are you there? Let's read. Giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So he's already made us partakers. Who has delivered us? This is back there when you got saved. He delivered us from the power of darkness. That's when he saved you. He translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So that means you, you in there. You in Christ. Now, Christ got to get in you. Everybody understand where we're at? All right. Verse number 14. In whom we have redemption. Not trying to get redemption. Redemption is forgiveness of sins. We have forgiveness of sin through his blood. We already got it. If the church would just act like we already got it. Amen. All right. Even the forgiveness of sin. If you already got it, you stop asking for it. You don't keep asking for something you already got. The key is you got to learn how to live. I'm going to show you that. 
What happened with people is when I get to the next teacher at 11 o'clock, I'm going to show you what's happened is you got to be able to stay clean. That's what you got to do. God cleansed you. You got to stay clean. You can't keep going back out into the filth of the world. And I'm going to show you, see, that's dangerous to you because that's what happened to Israel. All right. Uh, verse 15. Talk about Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of every creature. By him were all things created. Now, we're talking about the church. We just showed you that. He created us in Christ Jesus. So by him, all things, all things is the church, were created in Christ Jesus. That are in heaven. And we saw you sit together in heavenly place, so you got to be in heaven, right? All right. And that are on earth, visible and invisible. Will there be thrones, dominion, principalities, and powers? All things were created by him. He's talking about the church. And he is before all things. Of course, he's before the church. And by him, all things consist or exist. We exist because of him. He is the head. Now, watch what he says. He's the head of the body. He's the head of the church. Say that with me. Christ is the head of the body, the church. Now, when you, when you really believe God's word, you do nothing without your head. You are just a body. See, I'm the body. I do all things because of the head. How many, how many know the eyes is in the See, the eyes are not in the body. The eyes are in the head. Where did God put the brain? See, most people get in trouble because they never say to God. They never ask God. They do what they want to do and tell God to bless it. The key is you the body. That means the head leads you. The head guides you. I talked to my wife about, about this last night, and I said this to my wife last night. One of the greatest things that I have learned in ministry is you do everything by prayer. How do Pastor Crump treat this church? Prayer. See, I cannot do this church. Now, you can call it all you want to call it, but with all those words under do. Because I'm the body. I'm not the head. So the head leads and guides, directs. Just think about your own body. How you get around. Don't your head at least show you where you're going? Remember your eyes and your head. Just think. You don't just feel your way around, do you? All the direction comes from the head. Is that right? So you got to understand if the direction comes from the head, the supply comes from the head. All your needs come from the head. The head is Christ. And what ends up happening is we as the body, we try to do it all by the body, with the body. And wonder why it don't work. Prayer. Somebody says prayer. Right. So I pray and then the head takes over. See, that's what I do as, as the body, as a pastor of the church. Everything that goes on in this church, when I see things not right, when I see things need to be done, I pray. And ask God to speak to the body. Hello, body. 
I'm a part of the body. So when the body wants the other part of the body to do something, it have to go to the head and then to that part of the body. Isn't that how your head, that's how you operate? Maybe that's how now you, wait, let me move on. All right. See, if you don't consult the head, you end up slapping somebody and then you tell the head to get you out of trouble. When you should have went to the head first, the head would have told you, don't do that. All right, let's move on. Verse number 18, again, he's the head of, of the body of the church who is the beginning, Christ is, and he also the firstborn from the dead. Why did he do that? In all things he might have the preeminence. Here, verse 19. It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. I want to ask you a question. Who is the all fullness? Let me show you one more time. Let's go over to Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Read back. It pleased the Father that in him all fullness dwell. Do you know I just read this verse? Do you know I told you to make sure you mark that in your Bible? Make sure that you don't forget this. It's all right to mark in your Bible. You didn't mark in your Bible. Now let me show you again. Who is the fullness? Paul says, I pray that all the fullness dwell in, in Christ. That's God's purpose. Ephesians 1, 22. And has put all things on his feet, gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness. I just asked you a question. I asked you, what was the fullness? That's why you need to mark in your Bible. We got Bibles in the church. Bookstore got plenty of Bibles. The church is the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Did anybody get that now? Now let's go back to Colossians 1 again and verse 19. It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. What is the all fullness? Can't you, can't you, say, can't you see it's the church? So where do you dwell? Let, let me go back to the camera over here. The church is in Christ. It pleased the Father that the church would be in Christ. Because the church is called the body of Christ. All right. Now, with that in mind, let's go to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. So where are you? Can everybody say it just one time for the pastor? Pastor anniversary, come on, say it one time. Just, where are you? Yeah. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Everybody there? Let's read it. For in Christ dwell all the fullness of the Godhead body. Wait a minute. In Christ dwell all the fullness of the Godhead body. Well, who's the Godhead? Maybe that's why we're having a problem there, though. I know it's early. But you ought to know who the Godhead is. God, is, this, is it that hard, David? I'm not doing a, that good a job or what? Do anybody can tell me who the Godhead is? You got a trinity, it's called the Godhead. 
Now you need to put that by your Bible, Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, because you don't know who the Godhead. So God said in Christ, say in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead is there. In Christ, the church is there. So how are you telling me you're going to see the Lord when you die? Where is the Lord? Some of y'all still like, where is he? I, I just got through telling you, the church is in Christ. Are you the church? Are you the body of Christ? Well, you're in Christ. Well, where's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? The footage of the Godhead, where's that? When you put it all together, you're not going nowhere. If you're in Christ, and if Christ is in you. So when you start talking about going to heaven, let, let's, go to, let's, go to, let's go to John 14. Let's look at John 14. See, what happens is you, 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 you've been going by what all these folks say that don't know the Bible. And that means you don't even, you're just going by what they say. You can't hear nothing but some doubt at a funeral. Because they'll pick up John 14 1. Let's, let's go to John 14. They'll go back to John 14 1. In my father's house. Now the people sitting out there as a church. Now, if you're in Christ, you ought to know where the Father house. So you know why you're looking at me? Don't do it like that, Pastor. Now, if it's, if it's the Father's house, it's where the Father lives. And I just got through telling you where the, where the Father lives. In Christ. And who is the, See, if you just listen to what it says. In my Father's house. Well, who is the Father's house? And then at that time, he was cleansing out the temple, wasn't he? He was just running out of the temple. And then he says, in my father's house. Don't do this in my father's house. The temple is the father's house. Well, who's the temple? See, see the whole thing is, you got to just know what the word says. You can't get nowhere if you don't know this book. You sit around watching all my children all, all the days of my life, somebody hospital. I don't, man, I don't have no time for that stuff. My daughter said to me, she said, you ever cut up the volume on your TV? I said, oh, okay, I cut the volume up for you. Because my concern is, I got to know that book. My life depends on it. Okay. John 14 and 1, put it on the screen. In my Father's, John 14 1, right? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Next verse says, in my Father's house. Somebody said, that's me. That's me. It shouldn't took that long. Because you ought to know where the Father is. Because you are the body. No, you're not that your temple is the body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit that lives in you? you just, that's how you have to look at this stuff. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now the place he went to prepare was seated at the right hand of the father. 
All right. And then he said to them, uh, and, I will, and, and, and if I go to prepare, prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am. See, he's not talking about what they're talking about and he's coming back. That's what folks mess your head up. Had a person talk to me yesterday, when Jesus coming? See, first of all, you got to hear this verse. Put that verse up there again. Watch, watch what the Lord says. If I go and prepare a place for you. Now, I told you what place he prepared for you. Let's see how many got that. Boy, if y'all was in my class, I'd be, I'd be like, <laughs> I'm doing your paperwork. I'm, I'm asking you question after question after question. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says. I go to prepare a place for you. I just told you the place he prepared for you twice. I read them in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. I said, let me show you where he is. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. I said, let me show you where you are. I said, we sit together. Sit on. Listen, listen, see what I'm talking about? I'm telling you where you at. You need to write some stuff down, man. You got to know where you are in Christ. I'm seated in a heavenly place in Christ. Did I just, how many know I said that? Did I say we seated together with him? Show you the scripture. And then I come back and says, okay, I go to prepare a place for you. Didn't I say the place he prepared for you was what? At the right hand of the Father. Did I just say that? So he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Because he hadn't seated with the right hand of the Father yet. You remember that? We, we before the cross. He's talking before the cross now. So he has not prepared the place yet, had he? He did that when he rose from the dead, right? All right. Then he says, I will come again. And receive you unto myself. Just think about it. Has he done that? Then he says, where I am. There you may be also. Well, let's find out. Keep reading where I am. Now, here's Jesus who was standing up talking to them. He said, now, where I am. Let's see where I am. Because we got this stuff from the world, man, and we need to dump it all. Keep going. Next verse. Where I am. And whether I go, you know, in the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whether I go. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but my... Oh, wait a minute. No man come where? Where I am. He just said where I am. Let's see where I am. No man come to the Father but by me. Keep going. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. From henceforth you know him and have seen him. Here we go. Philip said to him, Lord, we know not the Father. We... Show us the Father, it suffices us. Jesus said to him, have I been so long time with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How saith thou show us the Father? Here we go. Here we go. Don't drop your cup. Believest thou not that I am in the Father? Where is he? He told you where I am. Well, where I am. If he told you where I am, where was he? He was in the Father. And where are you? 
and the Father. Because the Father is the Holy Ghost, the same person, you and the Spirit. And where's the Father? No, no, no. Listen, listen, when it's, listen again. Remember, only Paul teaches two things. You in Christ, Christ in you. Now, where, is, where are you? In, where's Christ? In you. Don't say what somebody else say. They may not be saved. Don't never say, listen, say, never say what somebody else say. You don't know if they save or not. You be like saying what they said. They, they, they lost as a goose. You know where you are. You know what Christ is. You say what you're supposed to say. John chapter 14. Give me that verse one more time. That's verse 10. It doesn't hurt to help me out. It's verse, it's verse 9, Pastor. We got to develop a relationship again. Praise the Lord. John chapter 14, what verse was that? Okay. John chapter 14. Let's read it one more time. Believest thou that I'm in the Father? Where, where, where is he? In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Well, what is he telling me that, that, that he is? In the Father. So that's where he want me at, right? So that ain't in your future, is it? You in the Father right now, right? Right. Because Christ said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you're in Christ, right? <sighs> the word that I speak, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, the Father that lives in me. So what do the Father live? He lives in the Son. Well, where do you live? Don't do me like that. I come out there, I jump on this poor pit and do one of them Joe Rolls on y'all out there. Where, where do Christ, what did the Father say he is? Let me read it again. John 14, John 14, 10. Believe it thou not that I'm in the Father. Let me go back to my camera. Believe it not that I'm in the Father. Where's Christ's camera? He's in the Father. And the Father is in the Son. The, son, the Father is in the Son, the Son is in the Father, and then the Son is in you. The word that I speak, I speak not of myself, but the Father which dwelleth in me. The Father lives in the Son. If the Father lives in the Son, then the Son lives in me, then the Father and the Son has to be in me. Believe me that I'm in the Father. See, they couldn't believe it because they were before the cross. You after the cross. So what's y'all problem? Because you got faith. They didn't have it. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. All right. That was Colossians. Go to Colossians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 4 and then verse 8 through 14, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. I touched on it, but I need to really do it. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to start reading verse 4. Because this is, this is something that God really spoke.
to my heart concerning. Verse 4, he says, and this I say, lest any man beguile you. Somebody say beguile. Because when I do beguile, I'm going to show you the next time he says spoil. So if somebody spoil you, well, let me put it this way. When Israel left Egypt, they spoiled the Egyptians. I know y'all don't watch Ten Commandments no more. Y'all too cool. Y'all laid back. But my wife know I watch Ten Commandments probably once a month, twice a month. <laughs> That's a good movie. And they got so many versions of it. But my whole point is, I want to make sure I haven't missed nothing. So when I got a free movie I can watch like that, that's going to be four hours long. Give me something to do. So I watch it again. They spoiled the Egyptians. mean they took everything good with them. So Paul is telling you, don't let nobody who's supposed to be teaching you the word spoil you. And they spoil you by not giving you the word. See, I could come in here and I could, listen, don't you know I'm raised Baptist? Don't you understand I'm from Mississippi, the country? But it's not going to edify you. I was raised up listening to people like Reverend C.L. Franklin, which I think one of the greatest preachers of our time. But it's not going to edify you. That was his ministry. Maybe, I, maybe I need to give y'all a little bit of that. I give you one of them long towels and I throw across my shoulder. See, be like, come on, Reverend, priest, bishop. All right, let's move on. That's not me, glory to God. All right. Now here's the Colossians chapter, chapter 2 verse 4. So he says, and this I say, lest any man should beguile. Now that word beguile, I'm going to show you the same thing as spoil, with enticing words. So he's telling you how it's going to happen. Verse number 8. Let's go there. Beware, lest any man spoil. Can't you see the difference? He used the word beguile, he used the word spoil. So you should be able to put the word beguile beguiled by the word spoil and the spoil by the word beguiled. That's how you study. Anybody got that? All right. That's the same thing as spoil. So if somebody spoiled you, they took everything you had from you. That's what they did. They robbed you. So he says, beware, verse 8, lest any man rob you. How are they going to do it? Through philosophy and vain deceit. After tradition of men, after rudiments of the world, or after the teachings of the world, and not after Christ. So if I just, if I just, just talk to you about different things, I come in here and I get my Bible and I just read to you a scripture, and then I walk and, and look good across the pulpit and not giving you no Bible, I'm spoiling you. I'm beguiling you. I'm robbing you of your inheritance. This is why people right now in the church can't walk in their inheritance because they haven't been taught the word. You'd be surprised how many, how many people I meet and not, the, not their pastor and they'll tell me what they're going through in their bodies. 
And then they said, Pastor, and then they said, Pastor, uh, they first they asked for prayer, and then after they received, they said, then keep me in prayer. I've been still trying to figure out why I need to keep you in prayer. Let's move on. You got all these people to pray for, but you want me to keep you in prayer. Why don't you just move over here to this church? All right. Let's move on. We're in Colossians. Now, in verse number nine again, here we go. For in Christ dwell all the fullness of the Godhead body. That's the verse we did. Now, we know the Godhead body that now is what? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. That's the Godhead. All right. And you are complete in Christ. Now, if you are complete in Christ, then I don't need to do nothing to you when you come to church, but teach you the word. You're already complete. So why do I need to wash your feet? Are your feet complete? Let me tell you this here. As a mother, when you have a baby, is the baby complete when you have it, or do the doctor need to do something to it to add something to it? The baby come here complete. So Christ tells us we complete in Christ. So see, when you see people say, well, first we got to do it, baptize and get rid of the sin. They already perfect. They already complete in Christ. They are new creation. I'm getting ready to show you something. This is why we don't do so much stuff in the church no more. And that's what people promise. They don't do nothing. What do you want me to do? You don't want me to sing, do you? One of these days, Renee. Colossians chapter 2. He said, you are complete. Now watch what he says. In whom also you are circumcised. So that means, Paul said, you don't have to circumcise them. You are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. Okay then, well he's already put off. I don't have the body of the sins of the flesh on no more. So what you going to wash me for? Well, well, I need to get in the pool. How did that happen? By the circumcision of Christ. I've been buried with him in baptism. Whereof you are risen. you already been buried with him. you already risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. And who has raised him from the dead. He not only raised him from the dead, he raised me from the dead. Don't you know that's what happened when you were saved? You've been raised from the dead. You're a new creation. All right. And verse number 13. And you being dead in your sins, the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he made you alive, quickened us together with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. Having forgiven all trespasses. He keeps saying it. He has forgiven us of all our sins. And you know what? People still, that's a part of their prayer every day. Lord. No, you just need to, I'm going to get to your part. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Colossians chapter 3 verse 8. Colossians 3 and verse 8. But now, see, you got you to gotta look at your life, you got to be able to say, have I really put on Christ? 
Watch this. But now you also put off all these. See, this shouldn't be found in a person that says they're a believer. Anger. When you're a believer, you got to put that off. Somebody said, put it off. See, we, we think that's God for to put it off. No, no, no. You got to put it off. So what we need to start doing in this church is checking one another. And this is what I mean by checking somebody. When somebody gets angry, you need to say what? Put it off. Y'all still ain't caught on yet. When you see somebody that's in the church angry, what you supposed to do is say, hey, put that off, brother. Hey, sister, put that anger off. You will tell them what the word says. What else they need to put off? Here it is. Put off what? Put off wrath. Put off malice. Can, can I get that? Can I get that in the in the NLT? Verse 8. 8 and 9. Just those two verses. But now is the time to put off to get rid of anger. Somebody said, get rid of it. Get rid of rage. Boy, that's, whew. Should have a believer in rage. Hurt somebody. Maliciousness behavior. Slander. Dirty language. Oh my God. Look at somebody said, put it off. Right, get rid of it. See, don't be hollering about that slipped out. No, get rid of it. Shouldn't be seeing no cursing and swearing coming out of a believer's mouth. Get rid of that language. Next verse. Oh, Lord. Somebody said, don't lie to me. Listen, this, this, you're going to have to start checking some people. Don't lie to me. The Bible said, don't, you tell them what the word said. Don't lie to each other. You may have to say it that way. Don't, don't, you, may not, you may not be able to get away, don't lie to me. You may be able to say, don't lie to each other. The word say, don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old man, your old sinful nature. And all its wicked deeds. So you're a new creation. Look at somebody say, you're a new creation. Right, a new creation shouldn't be lying like that. A new creation shouldn't be getting angry like that. Now let's go back to the King James so we can uh, be sensible up in here. Reasonable. Now, he says in verse 10, that's where we're at. He says, and have put on the new man. Say, you have put on the new man. See, we are, we are believers. We have put off the old man. To put, on, put on a new man is to put on Christ. We have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Now, the new man knows everything. He's renewed in knowledge. That's why we got to spend some time with him. Because he's renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So my new born-again spirit man is renewed in knowledge. After the image of him that created him. That's why we got to stay in the word. In Christ, next verse 11 says, 
Wherefore, where there is neither Greek. Now this is very important because this is your old identity. So we got to be able to see where there is neither Greek nor Jew. That word Greek means Gentiles. There's neither Gentile nor Jew. There's neither circumcision. See, all this stuff they did back there. Circumcision, foot washing, water baptism, Passover. See, all that stuff is what they did in the church. So he said there's neither Greek nor Jew nor circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, free. But Christ is all and in all. Say Christ, Christ. is all, all and in all. Right. So when you are saved, Christ is in all. If you're the body of Christ, Christ has to be in you. So all these things you got in your life, you got to put them off. You got to grow up. You got to mature. You know, you see people that got Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all across the back of their tie, uh, back of their car. They tag got Jesus. They got, I mean, you see people, they got all the writing all over the car. And you pull up aside and they're smoking a cigarette. That's not good, man. If, you got, if you're going to do all that stuff, you don't need to be wearing, wearing Jesus' name all around here. Somebody say amen anyway. Right. We, we got, it's all about being a new creation. Look at Galatians 6, 14 and 15. Back, back to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. See, it's all about being a new creature. That's what it's about. I'm a new creature. I've been risen with Christ. I sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Now I got to learn how to live. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. Look at Paul said, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me, and I am to the world. For in Christ Jesus, once again, neither circumcision availeth anything. So he's telling you all these works that you're talking about doing, water baptism, foot washing, pass over the table, eating bread off the table every Sunday, availeth anything. It's not going to do nothing for you. No uncircumcision, but a new creation. See, all God looking at now, you a new creation. Put off all this stuff. See, we still want to. We still want to sh- do something to show God we all right. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do something to please God, and it's not going to work. It's nothing but religion, traditional men. Somebody say Amen. Somebody say God created us in Christ Jesus. Right. See, God. Go to Ephesians four seventeen. We're going to close. Ephesians chapter four verse seventeen. God created us in Christ. See, we are in the new man now. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say, therefore. This I say, therefore. And I testify in the Lord. Let your henceforth walk. Remember, we're dealing with two things. Hear, believe, and walk. That you walk not as other Gentiles walk. The word walk means how you live your life. In the vanity of their minds. God don't want you to live in after what you think. Having their understanding darkened. Because they are alienated 
from the life of God. How they alienate it? Through the ignorance that is in them because of the bone of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling have given themselves unto lasciviousness. That's how they live it. They're giving themselves to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness and greediness. But watch what Paul going to say. The problem is you have not so learned Christ. You haven't learned Christ. If so be that you heard him and, the, and have been taught by him, because these people said, well, we, we were here when Jesus was here. We followed Jesus Christ. He said, well, you must have not followed Jesus Christ. Look how you're living. If so be you heard him and have been taught by him, if the truth is in Jesus, he's still going to say to them again, you put all concern in the form of conversation. See, we got this, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I got Christ, I'm the body of Christ, I sit together in heavenly places, we quote all this, and then we turn around and we live like the world. Put all concern in the form of conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the seafood lessons. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then put on the new man, which after God has created, watch this, in righteousness and true holiness. Then he's going to say it again. Wherefore, put away lying. Isn't that the first on the chart? Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man's truth with one another. For we are members of one another. I'm going to stop right there. This was not meant to be a, one of them tough old tough services. My point is, I'm, I'm on my way somewhere. Your inheritance is at stake. Eternal life is no gain. God created you in Christ. But if you're going to get eternal life, you've got to put off these things. I'm going to show you what Jesus says. Jesus says, you've got to follow the straight gate. See, if you're going to get to eternal life, he said, look, there's, there's a gate that's broad as the gate, and there's many going that way because they're living the way they want to live. But when you start living for Christ, it's going to be a straight gate. You're not going to see many people who are going to live for the Lord. Straight is the way, but what does it lead to? Somebody can find that from me. We'll do it next service. That leads you to eternal life. You cannot live in this world in a life that I just named of filteredness and sin and think you're on your way to heaven. Child, you're fooling yourself. The people that are going to heaven are going the other way. Let me say it again. If you think you are going this way with all of the crowd and doing everything everybody else is doing, you're going the wrong way. The people who are living for God is going the other way. My time is up. I thank you for yours. Let's give the Lord a great big hand. First Corinthians chapter number 15, the first three verses told us that if we're going to be with Christ, we're going to have to understand something. Paul said to the church, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you. 
unless you have believed in vain. If your belief is true, you'll live the life. You can't tell God, I believe in his death, death, and resurrection, and then walk all over it. Paul said, I deliver to you first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and also he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. He talked about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. If your faith is in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, then live it out, walk it out. He has given you the power of the Spirit through faith. My time is up. I thank for you, for yours, and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Door of Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.